listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You are listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I am joined by Dr. Per Jestland, a pediatric hospitalist for the University of Utah School of Medicine and Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We are talking the croup. The croup. <laughs> the dreaded uh, croup. We're talking about what to watch for, how to protect your baby from it. So let's kind of get into it and talk about what it is, what some of those symptoms are that parents should be looking for. Great. Um, I appreciate the opportunity. We're heading into cold and flu season, mm -hmm. and there's a lot wrapped in cold and flu season that can make our kids and ourselves miserable in the, <laughs> in the coming months. One of the things we're expecting to see a fair amount of this fall is a condition called croup. Croup is a, a common condition in childhood and is caused typically by viral infections. Uh, this year we're expecting to see a lot of a specific virus that causes croup um, quite notoriously called parainfluenza 1. So parainfluenza 1 likes to come around in odd numbered years in the fall, so we're starting to see some of those cases show up and we'll expect to see a whole lot more croup in the coming weeks. So what is croup? Well, croup is actually inflammation of the apparatus that helps us breathe. So our, our larynx, our voice box, our trachea, the big airway, air pipe, and then the bronchi, uh, bronchi lower down in the lungs get inflamed from this viral infection and make it difficult to breathe. So what starts as a simple cold, a little stuffiness, congestion, maybe some fever, sore throat, then can progress to swelling that involves the, those parts of your airways. So things can escalate. What some might think is starting as a common cold can kind of move in to become worse and to become croup. And so right. what are some of the distinctions and the differences between maybe what we are thinking is just kind of a bad common cold and then what actually could be croup? Sure, so you, the nice thing about croup from a diagnostic standpoint is that it's usually not too subtle. You'll know something's wrong because your uh, your baby or your child will develop what's uh, what we describe as a barking seal-like cough. Mm -hmm. And most moms or dads have, have heard about that. We're on high alert that. to that. <laughs> high alert to that. Uh, so it can sound quite dramatic. And what's happening there is when you have a cough and you're forcing air across those inflamed vocal cords, it makes this characteristic sort of barking, like cough. So it can be quite scary and sound quite awful. Right. A lot of times that's sounds a lot uh, worse than it's actually going to be and your kid's going to get better in a few days and not have much trouble but sometimes kids and young babies can get into trouble if that that swelling's pretty uh, severe and so is that kind of the first symptom that people would notice would be kind of that barking cough or are there some other things that might kind of present themselves before it might get to that. Sometimes it's the barking cough, but usually you have a little bit of a heads up that there's a cold going on. So mm -hmm. some congestion, a little stuffiness, a little bit of a cough, and maybe a low-grade fever and some sore throat. That then in the middle of the evening or late mm -hmm. in the evening, which is when croup likes to often rear its head, then you'll, then you'll hear that barking cough and notice some of that trouble breathing. <clears throat> so the other more concerning signs are if you actually have uh, same idea, bringing air in across um, the, the swollen vocal cords can cause a, a, a noisy breath of what we call strider. Mm -hmm. when, you're, mm -hmm. when you hear that type of breathing, that's when you have uh, a little more inflammation in your vocal cords. Most of these cases are respectively pretty mild. They can be treated at home. What are some of the things as parents or caregivers to children 
um, that we can be doing to take care of the group if they do get it. Right, so the general things about taking good care of yourself and your children with good sleep, good mm -hmm. nutrition, good rest. Um, that's all easier said than done, you know that. I definitely know that's hard. Uh, and then focusing on hydration, making sure you know your kids are drinking and getting adequate liquid so that their, their body's in a good stance to fight these things off because you want to support that immune system to help get rid of this viral infection. Croup specifically with that airway inflammation, um, there's a couple things that can help. Cool mist humidifiers can be useful. Uh, we used to recommend you know steam and steamy showers. It mm -hmm. turns out that, that that hasn't been very well supported by evidence and we want to be careful using steam around babies and young children because they can burn themselves and scald themselves pretty easily. But that, that cool mist, uh, that cold air, if it's cold outside, mm -hmm. you can bundle up your kiddo and take them outside to breathe in some of that cold air. I've spent a couple nights with my kids <laughs> working on some homework in the middle of the night out on the back porch while they're waiting for their their throat to settle down. Mm -hmm. And what's happening there is that cold air is acting as an anti-inflammatory that helps reduce some of that inflammation and make it easier to bring air in. Um, the other things you can do is to try to keep your child calm. So you get into these cycles of you cough, it, it hurts, it's, right. it makes, makes it difficult so the kids can kind of get worked up and then get agitated and that makes that, that whole process worse. So and cuddling, sleep holding, plays such a big factor into that sleep too. Sleep plays a big factor too. And then checking on your kiddos through the night to make sure they're still breathing okay mm -hmm. and doing all right and not getting worse is important. Um, if it gets bad enough uh, if, that you can seek care from your provider or one of the urgent cares or places like that, and sometimes we use a, an oral steroid, which is an anti-inflammatory that works in this, the whole system to get rid of some of that airway inflammation. Now, are there certain types of ages or um, periods in a child's life that where croup can be more severe, more dangerous for them. Yeah, so there for some populations, croup can be more severe. Premature babies, really small airways, kind mm -hmm. of vulnerable immune systems, they can have more trouble with croup. Um, kids that have underlying problems, asthma, lung disease, they can get into more trouble with croup. Generally, uh, these viral infections are happening in the six month to you know, just before sort of school age group, mm -hmm. so that six month to four or five years uh, is where we see uh, these viral infections causing trouble. And that has somewhat to do with the, the size of the airways. If they're smaller, it's easier to block them off with sure. inflammation. Right, you get bigger, you get wider airways, and for you and I, it may just be some laryngitis and some bronchitis, and mm -hmm. you don't get the telltale croup illness. Still the same virus, but it's a different manifestation. And that actually is a great lead way into what my next question was, and talking about um, if it's contagious or not, or, or how it can be passed through right. your family. So unfortunately, this is in these families of viruses that are very contagious and easy to spread. Um, so really important, especially as your kids start to get old enough to understand the concept of sort of hand washing. Mm -hmm. It's a great time of year to start teaching all your school age kids uh, to how to wash their hands and you to remember to wash your hands uh, and have good hand hygiene. Uh, that's really important in prevention and spread. But these viruses get around mm -hmm. so, and uh, notoriously like in daycares, large groups, these viruses are going to spread around. So if you can convince people in your in your daycares to be responsible and not try to send sick children uh, where they're going to make other children sick right yeah. again hard to hard to implement but important uh, to try if we can prevent some of that spread the other thing's really important is if you can avoid smoke exposure so smoke exposure for a lot makes you more susceptible and can make a lot of these infections worse just because of the irritant effect of smoke sure and so with that contagious aspect uh, what we see as croup in a child uh, in an adult, it might 
poke its head a little differently. It might not give some of those more severe symptoms. Yeah, your your head cold with a sore throat and a little laryngitis, a little loss of your voice mm-hmm. might be that virus that when given to the right. That was coming from the group that maybe your child brought home. Correctly. Or, or, yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if you feel like it's getting to a more severe point uh, with your child, when is that point to where maybe you should go to the emergency room, maybe... Um, you should take your baby in or your toddler in. Yeah, so, so on the severe end, um, a, a child that is agitated, really agitated because they're having trouble breathing or they're kind of out of it or sleepy because they're having trouble breathing, that's an emergency sign. You should be on your way to the emergency room or calling 911. Similarly, if you notice color changes, if they like blue, which we call cyanosis, or if they're looking particularly pale and mm-hmm. not very responsive, that's a wor- very worrisome sign. You should be seeking help. Um, the subtler things about how bad is the, that strider that we talked about, is, are those things happening when the child's even at rest and not upset? Are you seeing right. that trouble breathing when they're just sort of calm and relaxed? That can be a sign of, of, of needing help. If those things are getting worse and not responding to take it out in cold air and some of the things we talked about earlier, those can be signs that you, you may need some help. Um, trouble breathing, it, it, important for new moms, new dads to learn about what that looks like signs of, of difficulty breathing, nostrils flaring, using sort of the neck muscles to help mm-hmm. breathe, seeing retractions, which is where the skin sucks in below the ribs, between the ribs, or above the ribs. Those are signs that your child's working hard to breathe and you probably should be thinking about getting checked out. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking about early on, uh, just a bit ago, talking about how um, this type of croup kind of comes around this type of season, but in odd numbered years. Yes. And you actually have a program you've created called GermWatch, and you kind of track these cycles of viruses and different things that come through our area. Um, so how did how did it all kind of come together to pinpoint noticing this was coming in odd number huh. of years? So uh, people have sort of noticed the, the pattern of croup happening in the fall of odd numbers years, going back probably uh, several decades. Uh, what we've been able to figure out doing some of the research that I do up at the, at the Children's Hospital and with the university. And with GermWatch. With GermWatch, which we've built um, over a decade and a half uh, uh, originally to keep doctors informed about what's circulating and now more recently trying to inform moms, parents, potential patients about what's going around. We're able to tally up all the testing that gets done throughout the Intermountain system and summarize that and, and give it back to you. The way we're able to do that now is the testing's gotten really uh, pretty impressive where we can test for up to like 20 respiratory pathogens or germs with a single test. And I, if you do that on enough people, I can summarize that and tell the story of what's going around. What we now know, um, having done this for a long time and looking at this and doing studies, is that there's this family of viruses, which actually includes RSV, the four types of paraflu, and uh, another virus called human metanumavirus, <clears throat> all are a little fairly similar in terms of their, their genetics and where they came from, and they have uh, some cross immunity. So if you get infected with one, you may get some antibodies that help protect you a little bit from this other one. And since they're, all these viruses are competing for uh, our children, basically, right. um, they have to kind of take turns cycling through each other. And so the way that paraflu one interacts with these other paraflu viruses uh, does this kind of neat dance where they alternate. Uh, you have immunity for a year, then it sort of wanes, and then it can come back in, and it wanes, and it cycles. And we see these cycles with these viruses in a pretty fascinating way. It's very interesting, and it's probably incredibly useful not only for you as a doctor and, and seeing these different types of 
viruses in children, but then also, you know, for us parents and caregivers to know about and, and kind of being proactive to prepare ourselves for what is to come. Right. I mean, it took me many years of studying and going through medical school to kind of understand how these things now happen, but I want people to understand at least some yeah. level so that they can be more empowered and kind yeah, of know what's coming and yeah. be prepared uh, as best they can to try to deal with the illnesses that yeah. these things cause. Well, thank you for your hard work because it took you years and it only took me about two minutes to just <laughs> learn all of that. So that's fantastic. That's so thank you. desired effect. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, anything else that parents should know, caregivers should know about croup and kind of what to expect this croup season? Um, know what's out there. Know it's, there's a decent chance it could affect your kiddo. I don't want you to panic but because uh, if you hear that barking cough and mm -hmm. you're kind of knowing when, when you're going to get in trouble, there's a good chance you can manage this at home and your kid's going to be just fine. But I want you to know what to watch for and, and be vigilant for those uh, signs that things are getting worse and that you might need some help. Um, I think that's what I would summarize. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for all of the information Thank you gave you for us the today. Opportunity. Yeah, Dr. Justin, we really appreciate you being here and joining us for the Baby Your Baby podcast. And that concludes this week's podcast on croup. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.